0: The best of the run home for Wednesday, it was What Caught My Ear. Nathan Cleary was spotted at the airport picking up Mary Fowler. Now, Boz, one thing we were doing last summer when we were doing the drive is um, mm. we like to start with What Caught My Ear. Right. Oh, I I so like What Caught Because I keep my ear to the ground. To? Okay. Yeah, 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 I keep my ear to the ground. And stories all around Sydney today, people talking about the cuteness at Sydney Airport when Mary Fowler arrived from Dubai None other than Nathan Cleary he was there to greet her. Kisses shared. Um flowers. He, yeah, fla- well no flowers I don't but I didn't see flowers no, in the no. in the photos that uh, Brooksy no flowers provided. Flower. Yeah. But he picked her up at the airport. Grover. Flowers. What? That's no, why. No, no poultry either mate. No. poultry. <laughs> okay <fair> enough. <laughs> but um mate, this, this is the new big yeah. celebrity relationship. Mm. Now Boza, you're an expert yeah. on this because I recently watched the uh, the Beckham documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. and I couldn't yeah. help but notice your good-looking face walking out yes. uh, onto the pitch in uh, in uh, several scenes. Yes. Now, you, so you were on the ground with the whole posh and Bex thing, which was one of these big celebrity huge. athlete yeah, huge relationships. Yeah. what is that experience like on the ground when you're there? How how well, was depends. It? How, I, look, I I won't go into detail because
1: I, I don't want to um. <laughs> I know you guys will probably want him to, and I won't, on, because no, we'll Maybe put some today. ex-teammates in some difficult positions. There were some teammates who were uncomfortable with it. Really? Because sometimes when we'd go to airports for, for European games or whatever, and say, especially arrive in other countries, that a lot of the attention would go automatically onto David rather than the rest of the team. Mm. But that was also because he was a great player as well. But obviously, when he met Posh and, and went to a completely different level, I was fine with it, because really, it was like, you know, it was... It was a great time for the Premier League. You know, it was absolutely flying. The Spice Girls at that time were the, you know, and still argue, well, they were the biggest girl band in the whole world. I think it just added to everything. So um, I, I was okay with it. Some people were not. Um, the bottom line is, is you know, like, like Fergie used to say and like the boys used to say if we ever had a debate about it, as long as he's doing it on the pitch, and he was. And I would say the same uh, both for Mary and for Nathan. I mean, Nathan's just been part of a team that's won three straight premierships and, you know, equals history. And they're on a course to break history as well. So if it's doing well, and I'm sure he's got his father as manager, coach, whatever you want to call it, they'll know. Um, in terms of Mary's situation, as long as she keeps, like I said, as long as it keeps going, if it's starting to harm each other over, over what they do, then you've got to sort of maybe take a step back and to say, look, listen, we've got to be careful how we do things. But love is love. What are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, love is love. Look at yeah. this; it's all positivity this afternoon. It must from have been love,
1: but it's <laughs> over now. Well, let's hope no, it's not that over. Was, yeah, that was the wrong song. That was wrong yeah. song, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. That was that's yeah. my. Yeah, that was but actually. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, if the things start to dip, mm. you know, the questions are going to be asked. Same thing; like, people are going to yeah. start saying, "Oh, you're taking your eye off the ball." Blah, blah, blah. And to be fair, like just before I come in, David Beckham in the 1998 World Cup had that sending off against Argentina. He got. Yeah. I mean, he copped it, so then everything came out. But then the following season, with Manchester, they won the treble. So, it, like I said to you, there's always two sides to every story. The Spice Girls or the Spice Girls are absolutely huge. It's it's really it's up to the two people to decide about their own personal feelings. From the outside perspective, you know, if you look at it, is it a distraction or whatever? You've got to look at their success on the pitch, and they've both been highly successful since. So, nothing to say on that.
0: Now did you in those days, did you get to hang out with the spice girls at any point? did you no they, some they
1: sometimes they used to come into the players' lounge, but very rarely there, there were times we used to like you know we used to go out with with couples and and so forth and they, they, she was there victoria she was she was fine, she was absolutely fine, she was just as normal as, as, as anyone that you would meet, so uh, absolutely no problem with that whatsoever, but no, not like you know. That She wouldn't turn up, for example, with the other four group members or anything like that. Sometimes you see a couple of them, I think Scary Spice or... Um I think it was a sporty one. What a, a, <laughs> one of, quite, sporty one spots. of the ones, yeah. One of the ones where you know, in the players' lounge, you bump past them, say, "How's it going? Good. Did you enjoy the game? Good." There you go. Yeah. So yeah, no, nothing, nothing sort of really over the top. You got, you know, Manchester United, Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, and there's very well, it few people. Was Man- Manchester well, United? Well, maybe it was back then. I don't know, but still, it's a massive. It's a world. It's one of the biggest brands worldwide, and you know, especially when Fergie was there, it was like you know, it was quite. It was made quite clear that doesn't matter who it was. doesn't matter if you're the United States president. They're still coming to Manchester United. That, so that was that was made quite clear to everyone. You know, they have to feel second best to anyone here.
0: Yeah, well, uh, one thing's been made clear to me is we need to go to a break. Uh, oh, Maestro, right. Maestro says on the text line, he'll be begging for this. He says, Bozzer, I'm trying to listen at the gym and everyone keeps looking at me because I'm giggling in the middle of sets. Please stop. Lots of love. Uh, Maestro, Alex that's all right, buddy.
1: As it relaxes the body. It relaxes the body. <laughs> going on. on to the next set. Maestro, are you doing a bodybuilder split or are you doing an athlete split. I oh, want to know that.
0: Let us know Maestro. Welcome back to the Best of the Run Home. We had a great chat with SEN host and Channel 7 cricket commentator Trent Copeland. Here it is. Well, since we are talking cricket it's probably a good time uh, to uh, to go to this man. He is a uh, 7 cricket commentator and SEN host Trent Copeland. Trent welcome to the Run Home for your Wednesday Arvo mate. Yeah thanks for having me. Mate, Trent <laughs> How was that? Uh,
1: we're laughing. I just said hello. You're still laughing at me. Mate. I'm just saying hello.
0: Oh mate, you are a you're you're a friendly guy, Boz. Now, Trent, uh, let's talk first off uh about you're over in Perth for the uh for the test as part of Seven's coverage over there, mate. Um Brooksy Brooksy's talking, you know, it's, it's a lot of logistics going over there. Crowd numbers were disappointing. How was it actually on the ground over there? Was the atmosphere good or did it, did it feel a bit flat in the uh, stadium there at Optus?
2: It actually felt really good. And I've I got to say, from a cricket tragics perspective, the, the week itself, despite, you know, the crowds maybe not being as good as I would have liked, the week had, you know, the test storylines were as good as I've seen around a start to a summer for a while. You know, the, the lead was David Warner. You know, should he? Should he not? Will he play? Will he do well? Mitch Johnson's article, there was talking points everywhere. Then day one, we get 100 from David Warner. And then through the middle of it, we've got talking points everywhere with the actual pitch itself offering plenty of bounce and... And then towards the end, we had the storyline on when's Gaz's 500th wicket going to come, along with the pitch doing absolutely everything, and then Australia winning. So, I mean, I've got to say, Perth cop it about the crowds, and, and look, that has to improve. But from a cricket standpoint and being able to be there and broadcast it, feel the atmosphere, it was pretty bloody good, if I'm being honest.
1: And Trent, let's, we'll leave you and, and the others here to talk about you know the the whys and wherefores about Perth and and so forth. I'm going to talk about the cricket. How does Pakistan <laughs> get back into this series?
2: Great question, mate. Uh, the answer is they need their best players to stand up. And unfortunately, you know, leading into this first Test, I was expecting Shaheen Shah Freedy and Baba Azam to be, and probably Shan Masood, even the captain, uh, on the back of a double hundred in the Prime Minister's Eleven, to really put their best foot foot forward and challenge Australia at different times. And Shaheen bowled okay. Baba showed flashes. Masood did not. And it was left to a few debutants really with the ball to actually have a crack and make some inroads. And yeah, look, the answer, Bozza, is they've got to aim up. They've Mm -hmm. got to have their best players like Australia, you know, like Mm -hmm. any other team and like in any other sport you rely on your best players to succeed at the top level, and unfortunately, they didn't do that. So, Boxing Day is their next, next chance. Okay.
0: Mate, just on uh, one of Australia's best players, the, the sort of the quiet legend, Nathan Lyon. You know, you said he racked up his 500th uh, wicket. Now, he also took a uh, took a wicket with his very first ball in test cricket in a test that you were in. You were playing in that game. Mate, mm. you've, you've played a lot of cricket with him over the years. You, you've uh, been around him a lot. Did you guys... Was that something you you saw then that he he was gonna a guy who was destined to become one of our, our all time greats, or was he just sort of sneak? Was was a bit like the rest of us where he just snuck up on us of how good he was, and he's probably a bit, been a bit underappreciated over the journey. Oh look, you
2: know if if I came on this radio station this afternoon to really just have a good look in the mirror, um, you've really done it for me. You know, he has 500 wickets, the legend, and you really didn't go on any further. Uh, You're well done.
0: That's not what Um, I was getting at, mate. You're the one calling us. So uh, you're my favourite at this point.
2: (laughs) No, joking. Um, Look, I've got to say the the lead up to the test match, he had come off a Zimbabwe and South Africa A-series. A couple of first-class games and really no one knew what they were were in for. But I can tell you now the likes of Mike Hussey, Michael Clarke and Ricky Ponting came out of net sessions in the lead-up and the practice match when we got in Sri Lanka. And they were unanimous in their thought that he has to play. There was no doubt at that point. They were just being challenged far too often. It was really reliable. It was methodical and... The only real thing that I didn't anticipate changing so quickly was how quick he'd lose his hair. That's about (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) And Trent, let's go on to the big bash tonight. We've got the Perth Scorchers against the Hobart Hurricanes, and the match will start over here at 7.15pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Talk us about this game.
2: Oh, well, I mean, it's two star-studded lineups, and the Scorchers in particular, uh, they're one of the best teams in the comp. They always are. They find ways to win when they shouldn't. And I mean, they're going for back to back to back. It's ridiculous um, at this point. So look, they've got stars everywhere. Jai Richardson is one that I love watching play. I'm hoping that he's going to be at the forefront for the Scorchers, but um, look, uh, I can't skate around the truth. I think the Scorchers are going to be too good, but I think it's two very good teams going to work and, yeah, I love that the big bash is back after the little test hiatus for a week.
0: Mm. Mate, let's talk about our Sydney teams. Uh, now, Sixers, obviously, off to a flyer, two from two. Uh, on That'll the base. other end of that equation um, is uh, is the Thunder, who, uh, well, they've looked good in patches in both games, but uh, not been able to get it done. One highlight, though, Cam Bancroft uh, looked good for the Thunder. What, what are your thoughts on his form at the moment? And do you think when it comes down to the West Indies test, that uh, BBL form counts for anything when we're looking for a new opener in the test arena?
2: Oh, let me make one thing clear. Whilst we're talking about Bancroft in a T20 for the Thunder, he's also turned out thousands of runs for WA and in county cricket for the last couple of years, as well as the early season in the Sheffield Shield. So, look, yes is the answer, and I think we're going to see Cameron Bancroft playing for Australia um, in the short term. So, uh, I, I, and I speak to that as a guy who bowled against him a lot during that period. He's one of the most difficult to get out, knows his game intricately. And I'm not surprised, to be honest, that he's successful uh, over a prolonged period. So, look, I think he and the guys like Matty Renshaw, who scored a big hundred in the PM's 11, you're going to see that. Um, and how the Thunder replace Cameron Bancroft is probably the issue, because he's held them up in these two games. Um I thought they did well to get over 200 last night. And then it was the Matty Short and, and Darcy Short show, and they couldn't stop it. Yeah, what
0: were your thoughts on that? It seemed like Adelaide got off to a flyer, and then they, they, it, it was competitive towards the end. But, I like, d- do you think that maybe then, this is some, uh, an opinion I've heard a few times, that maybe the Thunder just tighten up a little in those uh, sort of death situations of a game? Closing out.
2: Yeah, maybe. I, I find that really a fickle environment in T20 cricket. It's it's not, you know, if it was a choke that was regularly happening in Test cricket, I'd say there's a trend there and an alarming one. But mm. personnel changes so often. I, I mean, a good mates with a lot of these guys. The, the one that I I couldn't help but give stick to last night, Liam Hatcher, about to bowl the first ball of the innings, <laughs> yes. runs in as he's about to let it go, trips or almost trips. Gets the ball stuck in his pocket and it rolls down the wicket. I said to him at the time, "This game is over. You've cost your team the game." It's it's one of those things that it's almost like you could see what was coming. Oh, what a classic! What yeah, a classic. they did. They aren't we,
1: but I'm with Trent on that one in terms of the you know the BBL in terms of. Not so much being a choice; it's it's more like a penalty shootout, if you want to say, like football wise. Then, yes. Then something like you know, okay, over a whole sort of season, they're the longer form, but it can go either way because those little things can make such a big difference in those in those moments where it can just go either way. That's what that's one of the reasons, in my opinion, what makes it so exciting, especially to the younger generation.
0: Yeah. Hey, just on that first ball, uh, Liam Hatcher almost bowled. Um, the the I was listening to the coverage on uh, on SEN, and they were saying that the they may, the, the batter may have been entitled to, to have a hit at that. What What are your thoughts on that? And do you know the actual rule around when the the umpire calls a dead ball in that circumstance?
2: Uh, I think you need to enter your bowling stride. So the, the point the ball came out, and, you know, I could be wrong here, but my take on this over many years as a bowler and having ha- happened a few times, was that when it came out, it was on the pocket in the downswing with his arm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having got up into the delivery stride and even his back foot having landed in that process, but I tell you what, I really disappointed him is that Matt Short didn't try and slog it out of the park anyway. Yeah, <laughs> whether he was allowed to or not, I want him hitting that as far as he possibly can.
0: Just a bit of theatre, if nothing else. Oh, well, exactly right. Now <laughs> onto
1: the uh, onto the uh, talking about uh, Big Bash and so forth. Onto the IPL trend, um, we saw the, the figures that came out last night in terms of our Australians. But can you explain to the non-cricketing tragics, to the ones who like cricket but not tragics, so what does that mean? So uh, for Mitchell Stark, $4.3 million, that, that was the the price. Is that over the term of his contract? How does that actually work?
2: Yeah, it's actually just for, for this year. There you go. Uh, oh, wow. There you go. It's not over a huge course of uh, time either. So, yeah, you're talking a, a couple of months, and I think it's a 19-game season um yeah we're looking at uh what it means is some very rich boys that i sent a message saying well it looks like dinner's on you for a while
1: (laughs) (laughs) well there you go there you go guys you're saying it could be over in terms of the contract
2: yeah and to be fair it's uh it's I mean, it's been there
0: shout for a while, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw that the Starks recently just bought a new house, didn't they? So a nice big uh, big property. So maybe that'll help with, you know, there is a cost of living crisis on. So maybe that'll just help uh, help things around Christmas. And, when,
1: and and Trent, when they say these players have gone to the draft, so obviously they're out of contract from their previous teams, correct? Is that right?
2: Yeah, this was a mini auction, Bozza. So right. it, it's essentially... There's a, a, a bonanza auction of everyone coming. Uh, but this year, teams are allowed to retain uh, a large portion, of, you know, almost everyone. And they, this was if you decided to trade away players, to give yourself cap room, knowing the draft pool that, you know, were free agents and that had entered. Gotcha. That was what last night was. So, so there is salary. Instances...
1: And when you say to allow cap, like cap room, that so there is salary caps for each side, Correct.
2: Yes, exactly okay. right. So think of it as like an NFL free agency yes, off-season. Gotcha. Uh, they, they have a hard cut where each team enters a certain free agency period, which in this case was a draft or an auction. Mm-hmm. So some teams came in with very little, and they made maybe two domestic signings. Some teams came in, you know, like the Kolkata Knight Riders who got Starkey mm-hmm. with a big purse, and they wanted some big fish to make a difference to their entire team output.
1: Gotcha, excellent. And is that true as well that the – each individual cricket associations, depending on which country you come from, say for example, in this situation, Cricket Australia do get a percentage of that as well.
2: I believe so, mate. That's it's great. very different across the world, but yes, there. You know, effect, effectively, it's for talent pooling. You're, mm-hmm. you're creating. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're and developing the players. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yep.
0: yep. mate. What do you make of the fact that uh, Big Josh Hazelwood went uh, went un uh, un unbid un on?
2: Oh, look, it's a very fickle thing, right? So this sort of stuff is a lot of the time emotion-based. Owners will be in the backgrounds of bidding. Um, They'll have favourites. Sometimes it comes down to international availability. So largely the IPL is a clean pocket for international cricket, given Mm. the stranglehold that India have. But Josh Hazelwood, for example, with... Um, The expectation of a new arrival potentially in the family around that time. Um, There's other players that didn't go drafted because of circumstances, Mm. essentially. So, you know, uh, he's been the number one T20 bowler in the world at times as recently as this year. Mm. So I don't think it's a nod to uh, displeasure with him as a bowler. More personal circumstance and availability for the business end of the tournament. Yeah, there you go.
0: Yes, this is the best of the run home for your Wednesday. And we had some Aussies go for massive amounts of cold, hard cash in the IPL auction. And we chatted all about it. So, India, overnight, uh, the IPL auction uh, went off. And, wow. Being so, explain re- this
1: to, because there's a lot of football people listening this afternoon. So, they <laughs> want to explain properly, Barney. They, they listen to these so, things, laughing. They love it. But
0: explain it. So, there's an auction. Yes, there's an auction for the available players in the draft. Now we right. had uh, Australia had a number of players in the draft uh, overnight. Uh, key, uh, well, key storylines being obviously our uh, our big three fast bowlers. Uh, right. So we had uh, Mitchell start, Pat Cummins, and of course Josh Hazelwood were all available in the draft. Uh, Josh Hazelwood, um, no bids attracted, no bids in this first uh, round. Oh but um, Pat fine. Cummins, I. This was amazing because I, I was uh, sitting at home last night and I get the notification uh, on my phone uh, that Pat Cummins has broken the record mm. uh, for the for the most attracting the most money ever in an IPL auction. He uh, attracted three point six seven million dollars to go to the Sunrise. Now, is Hyderabad. that for
1: one season or is that for over the terms of his
0: contract? Over the terms of the contract, the so rights of yeah, the player. Yeah, perhaps yeah, for, but then, for the yeah. one season or for the terms no, of the it's contract, not, it's for the they'll negotiate a contract off the back of this bid. Right, yeah. okay. So uh, and then so then I'm I'm sitting there going, wow, Paddy Cummins, highest ever, that's fantastic. Yep. And about twenty minutes later, I get a new notification. Yep, guess who's broken the record? Mitchell Stark. <laughs> Mitchell Stark yeah, yeah. has broken <laughs> the record, yes. <laughs> yes. Boz. It's almost like you've got the rundown in no, front of well, you. Well, <laughs> you said the three bowlers, so you already <laughs> said oh, two. So true. I kind yeah, of no. thought, Boz, could be was the Boz, I could be a Sean like one dollar here. Detective Boz is uh, <laughs> on <could> the <be> case. He knew what was going on. So Mitchell Stark, four point four three million dollars to go to Calcutta Night Riders. So
1: okay, so and does any so so that is the money that is paid to the player, or does any of the money go to the federation they're from as well?
0: Explain, Correct. please, Brooksy. Well, it seems like about 20% goes to the federation, as you'd call it. Wow. Oh, the, so, the
1: so Cricket Australia yeah, will the, get... Yeah, so so the they'll, be, they'll yeah. be getting 860000
0: of that. Yeah. So That's this is super. why Mads. you can clearly see why the league's... Don't really want to go up against the IPL for obvious yeah. reasons, but and as well, This little clip that they get for each of their players, hundred yeah, percent. That's good. That's like a transfer fee. It is. Yeah, this yeah, is the trading. This fee. is the the trade off basically for um, keeping the IPL window free of Test cricket, free of uh, other understandable other other fixtures. So, understandable. Um, yeah, Mitch Stark, uh, Spencer Johnson also uh, attracted Spencer. Spencer Johnson, yeah, you'd be happy with this until you saw that the, you're basically uh, on uh, half of Pat Cummins. Spencer Johnson, $1.78 million. But would you be like that, Barney? See, I wouldn't. I'd be happy. <laughs> no,
1: no, I want to ask this question because this always yeah. used to come up in football. Yeah. Because yeah. There, are, there, are, yeah, there are players like that. But yeah. I'm only talking about myself now here, mm. but I know of experiences in football. So there are some people who'd be like, like that. Yep. Oh, I was all happy until I heard Brooksy was earning twice than me. But there are others, like say the Bozo, who are always like, I'm happy what I'm earning. Yeah. I couldn't care less what anyone else is earning. If they're earning ten times more than me, if they're earning ten times less, I'm happy where what, what I'm earning. If I wasn't, I'd be going to my agent and saying, Listen, come to the next contract, because you already agreed terms. I want I want X if I perform. What they, about you? How would you be?
0: To be honest, I um I'm, i I. think this is uh, sneakily good for Spencer Johnson because usually, like, if you're the highest, if you attract the most, yeah. Uh, then that's the that's going to be the story leading into the next IPL. So, um, Mitch Stark, the Australian, the story, all the the broadcasters, they're going to be looking at him, going, "This is the highest paid player Don't make ever." The top man. Expectations uh, ramp up. Don't you Whereas, love that? isn't that we what you strive for? Well, you could be Spencer Johnson, still earning really, really good money, but you know you don't have family ringing up because they're just reading about Mitchell Stark. So you don't have every person you've ever met ringing up, going, "Oh, I heard you're rich now. Can I borrow some money?" Right? Of course yeah, you can. you're
1: under the radar. 10% interest a week. You can have whatever you want.
0: <laughs> well, as we Boz. say on the street, <laughs> 10 points, buddy. <laughs> Boz is uh, flashing back to uh, his loan sharking days <laughs> there. Uh, Travis Head, $1.21 million. I reckon they, uh, that's an absolute bargain for mm. Travis Head. So that's, that's, again, for one season. To, to, to everyone Mitch listening, head. they would
1: not be paying that money unless they're at least getting their money back, if not more, to the players. So congratulations to them all. That's what I say. Uh, Long may may it continue.
0: Welcome back to the Best of the Run home for your Wednesday. And, well, it was a meeting of the minds. We had Bozza chatting with Robbie Slater and me sitting back doing not much. Very excited for this, to get two of the great minds of the round ball game together. Our next guest, Socceroos legend. Uh, you can catch all his articles in the Daily Telegraph and Courier Mail. He is the only Australian outfielder to win the Premier League. Robbie Slater, welcome back to The Run Home.
3: Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, great to be on here. Yeah, great great minds of the round ball uh, code, but maybe not great minds on much else. But uh, I'm glad you... Uh made it very clear that the only outfield player, because the only other player, of course, is sitting right next to you. Very true. And so true. he was the goalkeeper at Manchester United. Yeah, and uh, so true. they look a long way. And United look a long way from winning another Premier League anytime soon. Spoken like, yeah,
1: spoken like a true Scouser as well. I knew that was coming right at the end. Now, for those well, who don't mate, know what a Scouser know, is, that's something that people in Manchester refer to for people that come yeah. from Liverpool. Obviously, uh, uh, Robbie, that's where he originally was born, and he's a massive Liverpool fan. But thank you for that <laughs> wonderful introduction, Robs. great to have you here. We'll see I change the subject very quickly. Let's go straight to the Premier League and your beloved yep. Liverpool. Um, only lost two games all season, mate. And this weekend after that nil-nil draw with Manchester United have got Arsenal. How how are you feeling number one about Jurgen Klopp? You have to say it's a new team. And what do you think about their chances against Arsenal this week? Well, I think they're pretty good.
3: And, um, one thing I'll just add before I talk about that is that's why Boz in the studio and I'm not because I'm a scouser and it, you can't leave your wallets around uh, anywhere near scousers. But it's interesting on this, this game, Boser uh, is that I was at this fixture back in April, mm. April 12, I think it was, I was at the Liverpool Arsenal game. That, of course, Arsenal were top of the table, uh, riding high. And everyone was saying, is the bubble going to burst? Is the bubble going to burst? Well, it started that day at Anfield because Mm. Arsenal were 2-0 up at halftime. Could have been 3 or 4 up. And then I wouldn't say they collapsed in the second half, but Liverpool got better. And they ended up getting a late equaliser, I think, from Mo Salah Mm. to make it 2-2. And from that point, I think Arsenal only won one more Premier League game in the last six games. It was extraordinary, but I think it's, it's, it's similar this time. Arsenal, of course, are top of the table, mm. um, and they go to Liverpool. Liverpool, of course, played United, as you know, and it was a nil-all draw, and there's mm. been a lot said back and forth from also uh, you know legends of both clubs talking about, oh, this is where United are, and they, at the end of the day, you can say what you want, but they, they got a point. It was yep. a better point for them. First then time Liverpool, Liverpool
1: haven't scored at home, Robbie, all season as well.
3: Yeah, extraordinary. So, I mean, Anana had a great game. Uh, United defended well. Yes, Liverpool had the possession. Yes, they had more shots on goal, but they didn't score. Mm. And at the end of the day, what I look at, I think Liverpool need to win or Arsenal need to win. I don't think it draws much good to them. And the reason I say this, and I don't know if you agree, Boz, but I, I just get the feeling with Man City's inconsistent form, what they've won once in the last six six, yeah. They are a team at any point capable of going fifteen games yeah. winning every game. Spot on. Absolutely so while they're on. in this indifferent form, you have to make sure that you're picking up every point possible because you just know that City will go on a roll at any any given time.
1: Yeah, absolutely spot so the, on.
3: So the importance of this game for both sides is to get another three points and stay away from Manchester City. I'm not sure the City have got this weekend. but I think it's a very no, they they
1: they're, they're not playing this weekend because they're in Saudi Arabia playing that World Club Championship. That's right. That's right. I guess they and beat I Urua, and they'll, they'll be back. They'll be, but they'll be back for for next midweek, yeah. Because now this Christmas That's period. Right. They're playing like three games in nine days, as you do.
3: And they're playing very winnable games. I mean, we know where Man City play. You expect them yep. to win nearly every game. As late, as of late, they haven't. But back to this game, this fixture. Yeah, uh, An- Anfield will be rocking, of course. Arsenal are top of the table. I think it'll be a terrific game. I, I think there'll be goals in it. Uh, of course, I'm, I think Liverpool can win it. I still mm. think they're in very good form, um, but they they need to not keep dropping points, particularly at home. Mm.
1: And what have you made of uh, of Ange's Tottenham after their rocky spell? They've obviously <laughs> won the, ne- the the last two games, um, but uh, you know. Overall, what, what would you, what, what, what's been your mark basically for, for him and his side more importantly?
3: Well, I would think, and I know you've watched all the games, mm. and, and, you know, they, they obviously had a fantastic start. And I, I thought that, you know, the first six games, they had quite a bit of luck yeah, in some did. games, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they still played well. And then mm. the next six games, they didn't have a lot of luck or the next five games, where they, they obviously only had a draw at Man City. But in all of those five games, they lost four, drew one to Man City. All those four games they lost, they could have quite easily have won those games. Yeah, very true. And in, it was ironic that probably Man City is the the point they picked up where they should have been beaten. City should have put them away in the first half. Mm. But you can only say, Bozza, and I'm sure you've been looking at it, we did the Premier League for years mm. on Fox and we follow it. But Ange has been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, that's true. And and he's been, you know, Gary Neville's now linked him if Pep leaves, he he could go to Man City. Mm. I know that the Man City group are big fans of him. Simon Pearce, I've spoke to many times. They love hands. Mm. And now I see that, you know, he's been linked to United, that United should go after him. But Mm. there's a long way to go, but I just think that he has really transformed Tottenham into a very, very watchable team. Whatever you say, after the years of Mourinho... And Conte, yeah, more defensive structure. But the way they attack and what he's done with certain players. So look at Son Hung Min.
1: Yeah, 100%. He's a,
3: he's a different player than he was under Conte. Conte had him on the bench most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting. It's still early. I mean, he's going to lose Son Hung Min, you would think, for six, yeah, seven will. games. Yeah, he will. And he will, and he will some
1: of the other players for the African Cup of Nations as yeah. well.
3: That's exactly right. So, the, so there's a lot to play out. But you can see that... Um, is very impressive in his interviews uh, the way he holds himself he engages with the with the press and I think he's he's very honest and you know I think has grown so much as a manager mm. since he's left Australia of course he was good in Australia at Brisbane Raw and victory in Australia but I just think he's gone to another level since he's gone from Yokohama to Celtic and, and now it's spurs mm. and
0: just on that uh, on that Robbie uh, Pundits feel that Ange, and we heard this uh, earlier today um, on the afternoon show here on SCN, um, that Ange could be right for the replacement for Pep Guardiola. Yeah, just mentioned, that's what he said. That's what so, he said, yeah. uh, are you, what are your thoughts, mate? Do you think do you think that's on the cards, or do you think he's going to stick it out?
3: Well, I heard a story, and um, that when David Levy was looking at. They, they wanted Eddie Howe first, and when that wasn't going to happen, Ange became the target. And look, I don't know if this is 100% true, but it came from a very good source. Boswell would know um, that Levy spoke to Brian Marwood, and Brian Mar- asking about what you know, what Ange like. Is he this? Is he that? And Brian Marwood's response to David Levy was, "If we didn't have Pep, we would have Ange."
1: Mm. Oh, so, wow.
3: mm. I mean, if that's true, that's one hell of a you know endorsement, and maybe why, why Levy went for him. So, look, the football is funny. You know, you look at it until he's, he's won his last two games in a row. You know, when he'd lost four and drawn one, I mean, there was all, already murmurs. That's just the nature of the game yeah. and nature of particularly being in the Premier League. It's the highest stakes. And, and at, any, at any moment, it could turn. Mm-hmm. So, very true. I think he's made a very impressive start. But, you know, he'll have to go on with it to be considered, you know, for those positions, you would think.
1: Yep. Now let's go to the European knockout stages draws were made on Monday. Rob, we'll just concentrate on the Champions League. Copenhagen uh, drew Manchester City, Leipzig drew Real Madrid, uh, Paris Saint-Germain drew Real Sociedad, Lazio Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, Atletico Madrid, PSV Eindhoven Dortmund from Germany, Porto versus Arsenal, Napoli versus Barcelona. Which team... Catches your eye in terms of your thinking because it's such a hard competition as we know to win. Yeah. This, this, this could be their season. Which, which team out of, out of that final 16?
3: Look, I, I still like Man City. Mm. Um, I, I, I think the Arsenal and City have got fantastic draws. Um, you know, Copenhagen, of course, you've got to respect everyone you play and Porto for Arsenal, but I still think City, and of course, you, you've got the, the usual ones. It's like you said, it's such a difficult competition to win, but I just think that Pep having won it last season, I still think City are standouts, and I think that draw, you know, doesn't put them into the next the, the next round, uh, but I think it's a very good draw for both them and Arsenal.
1: And Robbie, during your time in France, one of your great old rivals in PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, <laughs> who actually comes second in that really tough group, so obviously they had to... They're coming up against Real Sociedad. But what have you made of PSG since Luis Enrique has taken over this season and changed the way they've played a little bit? And do do you think that they've got, you know, this is their holy grail. We used to talk about Manchester City, the Champions League. PSG's had this holy grail for even perhaps longer, you have to say, um, than Manchester City. First and foremost, what have you thought about them during league, League One this season in France and also their chances of the Champions League? Yeah, look,
3: I think they've been pretty good. They're leading the competition by five points. Um, you know, they've only lost once. Uh, they've had four draws. Um, of course, Paris Saint-Germain in League One, every time they play, uh, are expected to win. Uh, and their holy grail, you're right, is 100% right, is that, um, you know, they, they they want the the Champions League. And we saw that with, you know, the signings of of Messi and Neymar and, of course, for different reasons, they're not there, and a lot is now on Mbappe. But they, they seem to have a good balance out. I think Enrique is a very offensive coach, um, which has seemed to be the most successful coaches in recent seasons. And, you know, when you've got Mbappe, you have a chance. Mm. You really have a chance. So, you know, Sociedad has got to be treated with respect, but I, I still feel that's a pretty good draw for them. And, you know, they've... They've really fallen down in that semi-final sort of stage, you know, so many times over recent years. So, mm. yeah, the, the the holy grail continues.
1: Mm. Yeah. And let's get on to the local game now, Rob. We we mentioned before African Cup of Nations and obviously our own Asian Cup. Mm. Uh, four years ago, we, we we were knocked out of the quarterfinals. If we remember, we had a wonderful World Cup uh, uh, under yeah. Graham Arnold. I, I just saw him recently. He was inducted into the life membership. At the SCG, yeah. it was in, in quite a buoyant mood, but that was before the the, the news of the injuries to Matthew Lecky, um, James McLaren, and also Matty Ryan, who I think the last two you'll know more than me, Rob, will be okay. But yeah. the Matthew Lecky thing with the hamstring is a bit of a worry. How are we shaping up for this Asian Cup? How are we looking? And and tell us what what your thoughts are in terms of, like I said, of those players being available from from an injury perspective.
3: Well, the run into um... You know, this Asian Cup and the recent World Cup qualifiers, it's a, it's a very different squad, I think. Uh, if you look at Lecky, I think he's going to struggle with mm. I think, you know, he's only played really since the World Cup, uh, one or two games. You know, he had that knee injury, which was the left side. Now it's a right hamstring. And as you get older, and we all get older, and Matthew Lecky's one of our stars, you know, star at the World Cup, but as you get older... You know, things take longer to get over and, you know, you pick up one injury and you get another one. You know, the left knee, is it compensation that affects the right hamstring? Mm. Um, but looking at, you know, giving it four to six weeks. In less than four weeks, we play our opening game against, um, I think it's India, isn't it? Do we play India first? Yeah, I think it is. We'll, yep. we'll get that, we'll yeah, get that India, up. Brooks. Mm. Yeah, okay, it's India, Syria. Yeah, it's India. And then we play Syria and Uzbekistan, which will both be tricky games. Don't mm. forget, Syria... You know, we were a width, you know, of a goalpost away from being knocked out by them from a yeah, the World true. Cup. So, yeah. so they you know, they'll, they'll be decent. And, and Uzbekistan are core, current uh, world champions at I think under seventeen level and vice champions at under twenty level. Mm. So, they've invested a lot of money. But going back to the injuries, um, you know, Riley McGree's been injured. Nathan Nathaniel Atkinson came back. And played a full game, that's good news for Graham Arnold mm. and they beat Rangers Hearts 2-0. Yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, and I think if you look and the one that we've all been talking about, twelve goals in seven games, Fauna Raleigh, I think, is a s is a dead certainty for the for the squad. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't actually know that, but I, I just think the way he's talking and, and and the way it's been the emphasis in the last year year or so on you know, form and players playing to be to be selected. So there's a lot of problems there. But I think, you know, going into the group stage, as you know, Boz, we, you know, we expect to, to win the group, top the group, and, and uh, you know, then it's up to where our expectations are. I think after the World Cup, we had the expectations uh, higher than what they yeah, were. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, what, what would you Young say people? is
3: part Like, what would you say is par <laughs> for this tournament for us? I mean, if you look at it, we're ranked fourth in Asia. Mm. So Japan, mm. South Korea, and Iran are ahead of us. Um,
1: you know, I think past semi-final. Semi's, yeah, semi-final. So I was going to say.
0: Uh, Robbie, well, we got you, mate. It's not just the um, it's not just the injuries that are giving uh, selection conundrums. Uh, we found that we heard the news breaking now that uh, Mas Luongo, who scored the opening goal in the 2015 yeah. Asian Cup final win against Korea, has announced his retirement. Now, we've got a caller on the line who wants to chat about this with uh, you two great minds of the round ball game. Greg from Sansouza, you okay. there, mate? Hi, Greg.
2: Uh, afternoon, gents. Uh, this, to me, is a, an absolute tragedy. Uh, it's the, the, the The creative spark that we've been looking for from midfield for a long time was just coming back why pull the pin on it now? Good Robbie, point.
1: You go first, Rob.
3: Look, I think it's a great point. I think he's just been such a welcome comeback. I mean, you know, absolutely tearing it apart at Ipswich, along with Cam Burgess in the in the championship, and they're looking for promotion. And, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, obviously, yeah, I've spoke to Graham Arnold, but I have not spoke to him about Massimo longer. And yeah, he's been outstanding, and I thought would have played a very could have played a very important role at the Asian Cup. So I, I can only agree. Mm.
1: No, I, I hear what you're saying. It is a tragedy, but I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here, and I and I stress this. I really am guessing. I'm thinking to myself that Massimo Longo, who's been playing well himself in club football, has thought to himself that he's not 100% that he's going to be a first, first, first like a starter. Which, and this is mm-hmm. understandable, people have mm-hmm. got to understand this as well, and he doesn't want to then go and then lose his place at his club side. So he's thinking, you know what, maybe it's just better that I call, you know, call it quits on my international career. I I, I really don't think he will be around, you know, unless from an age perspective, you not know, from a quality perspective for the next World Cup. So I think yep. he's made the decision thinking to himself, you know what, I'm not going to be a number one starter. I don't want to lose my place here where I'm playing so well. That's, like I said, that's just my guess, but that's thinking outside the box. So that could be 100% right or it could be 2,000% wrong.
0: Boz, that's a fantastic guess because uh, Brooksy's just brought this to my attention from the, his announcement. He said, it was hugely frustrating time to be on the sidelines so regularly, to be honest. There were many points the last few years where I felt my international career had passed me by. So I think you, you might be onto to something there mm. where he is... I think,
3: yeah, look, I, I think he, Boz is on the money there. Mm. And, and he would know as I would know... Uh, as We both know that uh, we were both in that position even back in our day. A million times. Um, yeah. it, you know, clubs do not, particularly Aussie players. They, you know, they don't want you going to, to you know, travelling, uh, you know, back to play games and this. And it's even different from me and Bosse because when me and Bozza played, there was no international you know, weeks. Uh, there was, yeah, and uh, and really we weren't in Asia then, so it was really our selections were based around. It was very rare we would come back for the games against the Island Nations. He'd use a home base squad. Terry Venables changed that a little bit. We did it once. Mind mm-hmm. you, we had a lot of fun when he did, brought us all back together, but very we true. can't go into that right now. But um, <laughs> I think you're right. So so this, um, it, it's, a, it's a great point uh, that Mass, you know, he's on fire at Ipswich. He's you in the a second.
1: They're second in the championship as well, so they're looking like they're going to get promoted I mean. to the Premier mm-hmm. League. Yeah?
3: That's right. And, um, yeah, know, the, the thing is, the, this Asian Cup, and gray Arnold said, said it, I've done an interview for it, it's going to be out tomorrow morning on code, mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, it's been difficult. Arnie said in the interview that it's been difficult to, to, to get players and talk to clubs because of the timing, that mm. this was never supposed to be played at this time of year. Mm. And, you know, for A-League players, just put this in perspective, Eight games they're going to miss of the A-League, seven or eight games. I mean, that's nearly a quarter of the season or a third of the season, if you look at it uh, purely mathematically. And, And for someone like Luongo, they're going to miss you know, seven, eight, nine games. So it's a massive chunk. And if you're gone for seven or eight games, I can tell you, if the team's winning when you're gone and the guy in your spot's playing well, you're not getting back in the team.